Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we're going to talk about attention management. And I want to welcome to the show, Maura Thomas. Hey, Maura, how are you today? Hey, Tom, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So, Maura, what are two tips that you have for speakers about focusing their attention and getting more things done? Yeah, so tip number one, stop saying the phrase, stop thinking the phrase, stop using the phrase with other people, stop using the phrase time management and substitute it for attention management. Second tip is the way that you operate can be systematized. And if you don't have a system, you're working harder and longer than you need to. All right. Well, this is going to be fun because I know a lot of people in our business don't have the systems that they need. And a lot of us, myself included, tend to just bounce around a lot. So I'm excited about today's interview. For those of you who don't know Maura Thomas, CSP, Maura is one of those people who is obsessed with this idea of helping other people achieve more. Have you ever been sitting around at home or the office and you have a million things on your plate and you don't even know where to start? Well, more is the person you call to help you with that. She has worked in the productivity industry for almost 30 years. She actually started her career working for a company called Time Systems that did and does paper-based systems. And she became really, really focused on helping people do more. And today, that's what she does. And I'm really excited that she's here on Speakernomics. So, Maura, let's talk about how did you get into the productivity industry in the first place? It fell in my lap. I got really lucky that almost my first job out of college was for this company. They sold paper-based planning and training to go along with it. And so right out of college, I immediately learned how to be super productive. And it was something I just thought kind of everybody knew. And it wasn't until later that I realized how lucky I was to have that kind of background. So it's interesting you say this was something you just assumed that everybody knew. Does it still freak you out when you meet people like me? Because for all full disclosure, Maura lives about two miles from me in Austin, Texas. And so I know her socially. I see her all the time. When you run into people like me who aren't hyper-organized, do you just go like, ah! 
No, God, no. I've worked with over 30,000 professionals now. I started my career at Time System. I worked there for 10 years, but I started my business almost 20 years ago. And so now I've worked with over 30,000 people and they're all like you. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody is is struggling and it's only gotten harder, right? Because we have all this technology now and the demands on us are so much more uh, challenging than they used to be. Well, there's more distractions now than there probably ever has been at any time in in human history. And so that can't be that can't make it easy for people to focus their attention. Correct. For sure. Well, that and that's the problem. Right. And we have our technology has created in us very purposefully a habit of distraction. Our technology is designed to be habit forming and it has become very successful at that. Yeah, I mean, groups like Facebook and Instagram and all that, they've actually built it into their algorithms to, to suck us in and get us to do more and more. And all of the gamification that exists in a lot of these things keep us focused on these things and they become those those forever distractions. 100%. And so because what a lot of people don't recognize is that we have a habit of distraction and this habit is undermining our performance and it's undermining our success. And when we... Um, when we don't realize that we are habituated to distraction, it's just um, because a habit is something that you can't leave behind at the end of the workday, right? If you're the more distracted you are, the more distracted you will be. And so it, it infiltrates every part of our life. Well, and this is true for all the people who are listening to this. I, I imagine a lot of speakers are nodding their head right now. So let's dive into the tips that you gave us at the top of the show. Tip number one was stop using the phrase time management and start thinking attention management. Maura, what's the difference? First of all, we can't really manage time, right? We all know that. We can't. We, time marches on no matter what you do. And so when I ask people, what do you physically do to manage your time? Most people, one of the first things they say is, I make appointments with myself on my calendar. Well, great. I call that time blocking. That has its place. But the first person you will break an appointment with is yourself. And so it's not super helpful because we break these appointments with ourselves and it doesn't matter if you manage your time. If you say at nine o'clock, I'm going to do the proposal to the client and you sit down at nine o'clock and you pull up the proposal and you're like, okay, the client. Oh, right. I remember this client. Oh, look, there's an email. Who's that from? Oh yeah. No, I'll get that. Okay. No, no. Okay. The, the, the client, right. The proposal for the client. Well, a text message. Hold on. Who's that from? Okay. All right. No, no, no. The proposal. Right. And if the time that you set aside goes by like that with you switching your attention every couple of minutes, then the proposal isn't going to be done. So how you manage your time only matters to the extent that you also devote your attention. And so what you need to think about is attention management, not time management. And if you start using that phrase, attention management with other people, you start saying it out loud, then it brings this sense of awareness for you to how often you are being distracted and when you are allowing your attention to be stolen. And awareness is the first step in changing habits. So I love that line, allowing your attention to be stolen. I mean, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people who are listening right now. My attention gets stolen a lot. So let's say that I've done what you said. I've, I've starting to change the vernacular. But how do I actually make sure that these things aren't stealing my attention? There's two primary ways. We have internal distractions and we have external distractions. OK, so the two primary ways to manage the external distractions so that you can be focused and manage your attention. You have to control your environment and you have to control your technology. 
So for example, if you have work around other people, whether that's your family or whether you have an office with team members, whether you work at a co-working space, whether you work at a coffee shop, if you have other people around you who might interrupt you, you need to create a boundary with those people. And so that boundary could be a, a door if you have one that you can close, or it could be a sign that says, please do not disturb. I have a client who tells his family that the baseball hat is the signal. If the baseball hat is on, dad is home and it's okay to talk to me. If the baseball hat is off, dad is at work and you better be bleeding if you interrupt me, right? So you need a signal to tell people, please don't interrupt me. And then you have to honor the signal, Tom, because if you close your door and somebody is like, or, you know, dad takes his hat off and then one of the kids goes, Hey dad, I really have to ask you a question. And dad goes, all right, what do you need? Well, now the signal is out the door. The signal doesn't really mean anything because you made it not mean anything. So you have to create the signal and you have to honor the signal if you don't control your environment. So controlling your environment is a big deal. My wife and I have both worked for, from home for over a decade, and we have very different personality styles. We have very different ways that we manage our attention or, in my case, get distracted. And she has an office that has glass doors. And so we created a rule that if the glass doors to her office are closed, the house had better be on fire for me to come in and do that. Because for me, if I book a speech, I want to immediately share it. She's the only other person in the house since the kids have moved right. away. So I want to go in. So the doors, I have to honor that those doors are closed. And if you know, I want something, I can wave and she can either say come or go, but I can't come in and I can't disturb her unless you know she gives me that, gives me that permission. And that allows her to stay on target in, in her world. Now for me, my environment, no one's coming to bother me. She doesn't come and, and, you know, ask me to do much, you know, during the day while I'm working because she knows I'm in here and uh, she has a different personality than I do. But my environment is managed poorly just because it's a mess. Is that a problem for people also is having sort of distractions all around them with piles? For sure. Your clutter is very distracting, 100%. So clutter usually represents all the stuff that we're leaving out so that we don't forget to do it. Right. And so if you have a better way to manage all of that stuff, instead of I'm just going to leave it here and then I'll see it and then I'll remember to do it. Right. You need a better system than that. But before we get into that piece, um, because that's a little bit about the internal distractions and the second tip. But so let me tell you about the other way to manage external distractions, which is you have to control your environment and you have to control your technology. You have no hope of being present in your moment Whatever that means, whether it's a task you're doing, whether it's a conversation with another person, whether it's a, you know, an interview, whether it's a presentation, you have no hope of being present in your moment if you don't also control your technology. And as speakers, we know we're doing a virtual event. Everything's on do not disturb. You silence the clock. You turn off the phone. You, you know, you put your computer on do not disturb. You put your phone out of the room. You get your tablet out of the way, right? You need to treat all the things like that. If you're doing a proposal, just do the proposal. Close your email. Close your phone. Do the proposal. Get it done. If you're having a conversation with another person, close the lid on your laptop. Turn to them and be present with them. If you're having an experience, don't try to Instagram the experience. Just be in the moment. At least appreciate the moment and then Instagram it if you must. <laughs> but being present is without your technology. So I love that advice that we should treat 
everything that we're doing the way those of us who are speakers would treat doing a virtual event because you're right when we do a virtual event we do everything you say we make sure that things are silenced they're there the door is closed there's yellow tape across the door saying you know i'm live with a client do not come in uh you know etc and yet when we're working on a proposal or we're sending marketing emails or whatever it is we need to get done we typically don't do those things. So I want everybody to make sure that they heard that because that's awesome advice. Treat every activity like you were working for a client at a virtual event. That's huge. Yeah, it's really important because otherwise our proposals have mistakes. They're half baked. <laughs> They're, um, you know, and it doesn't make us look good, right? Every interaction that you have with the client or with anybody is, is a reflection on you. And if your proposal has typos or you forgot to include something, or they asked you about this and you didn't do it, then, you know, then it just makes you look bad. When I tell people, check your email as often as you feel like you need to check your email, but do it in between other things, not during other things. Yeah, email can be a, be a huge distraction. So let's look at your second tip, and that was about systemization. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so we have external distractions, right? And so that's a challenge to managing our attention. And to manage external distractions, we have to do our environment and our technology. But we also have internal distractions, right? We have that internal chatter all day long in our head that says, don't forget, you got to call the thing. Oh, maybe I'll do that now. Oh, no, no, before I do that, I got to go do this. And oh, wait, wait, but I got just remembered, I got to do that. And we run down our to-do list in our head all day long because most people rely primarily on their memory. So if you manage your responsibilities through some combination of flagged emails, sticky notes, dry erase board, appointments with yourself on your calendar, some things uh, maybe in an app or software, Excel spreadsheet, Word document, right? If all of the stuff that you need to do lives in all of those different places, then you are primarily relying on your memory. Right. People say, I write things down to help me remember. Well, I know, Tom, that you carry that notebook with you everywhere you go and you write all the things in it. But I mean, we've talked about this, so I think you've you've overcome this challenge. But for most people, you put something in your notebook. The only way it helps you is either you remember it's in your notebook. Right. Or you remember that there's something in your notebook and you go flipping through going, what's that thing I'm supposed to be remembering? (laughs) So. Having a system and tools to go with that system silence the internal chatter and allow you to get more done in less time with less stress. Well, and one of the things you taught me was about a tool called Todoist. And what I've done, and I don't use your system exactly, I've modified it for my own laziness. But uh, one thing that I do is I, I take things that I write down in the notebook, but instead of having everything on my quote unquote to-do list being in one place, because then I see everything. And then it's that feeling of, oh my God, I have 40 things on my list. I schedule them for when they should be done. So it might be three days from now, four days from now, it could be a week from now. And then I pull up on Todoist, what do I have to do today? And it's a much smaller list because I've spread the things out based on when they're due. So if I have a proposal due on Friday that I should work on on Thursday, I put it on the Thursday to-do list. On Monday, it's not distracting me when I look at the things I have to do. It's much more manageable in that that manner than having a to-do list with 40 things on it. So uh, I will say that that has helped me. I haven't gotten all the way to having, you know, A-plus attention management. But by knowing that things will be taken care of, I don't freak out about what am I forgetting, but I'm also not worrying about them today. So how can people do something like that maybe better than I do it? 
you've adopted some new behaviors that came out of like a 20 minute conversation with me. <laughs> so, um, so I'm not surprised that you're not doing it all and it's not hundred percent, but any progress is progress, right? So that's, that's great. There are lots of components to the system that I teach. I call it empowered productivity, but the point is you need a way to manage all of your commitments, all of your communication, all of your information and a lot of people are like, what are you talking about with this system? When I say system, I mean a collection of habits and behaviors. I don't necessarily mean apps or software, although those do help. But that's like saying, you know, oh, if you just go get the same golf clubs that Tiger Woods has, then you'll just play golf like Tiger Woods. It's not the tool, right? Tiger Woods is an amazing golf player and he would be good at golf no matter what clubs he uses, right? <laughs> it's it's the same thing. Once you have the system, then you know how to choose a tool. But it's it's about managing all of your commitments, communication, information, all the communication, all of the responsibilities that you have, all the things other people owe you. Now, to be fair, right, I teach the empowered productivity system. But if you want to understand what a system is, there's lots of systems out there, right? There's Michael Hyatt's total workday control. There's David Allen's getting things done. There's Franklin Planner's, you know, seven habits of highly effective people, right? There's, there's a lot of systems. The benefit that I have is that I... In my first job out of college, in those 10 years that I had that job, I went to all those trainings. I saw all those speakers. I read all those books. And then I was able to take the best, what I thought was the best of each of them, roll them up into the thing that I teach now, and then test it. And I've been testing it for almost 20 years. Okay, so looking at just the, the high level of what you teach, what are a couple of things in systemization that, I mean, you know a lot of speakers, you know what, what holds us back, and you know what we need to get out and do to be more productive and, and make more money. What are a couple of things that, in general, speakers should be doing to systematize their business and their life? Yeah, for sure. So one of the things is that you do need all of your responsibilities in one place. Trying to manage your responsibilities, your actions, your tasks, when you have some things in your head and some things on sticky notes and some things in your calendar and some things in your notebook and some things in your app, trying to manage your life like that is trying is like trying to do a puzzle when all the pieces are scattered all over the house. You can't do the puzzle that way. You can't manage your life that way. I mean, you could, you could do the puzzle that way, but it's much harder. It's much more frustrating. It takes much more time and effort. And the same is true. So everything in, in one place. And then some tips, like you said, deciding, you know, what's a good day to get things done, spreading things out, having the ability to view things differently. So different categories that you put things in different dates that things are due also we tend to write things down in a way that creates friction. In other words, in a way that makes it hard for us to do it. So we write things down like client proposal, right? Or we write, uh, you know, marketing strategy, or we write blog post, right? And we see those things on our list and it's like, oh, what does that even mean? Where was I on that? What am I supposed to do next, right? So the more specific you can get when you write things on your list and the more information you can provide, right there when you write it on your list, the more likely you are to take action and you remove the friction. The hardest part of anything is getting started. So if you make everything that you need to do fast and easy to get started, then you're more likely to get started. And if you're more likely to get started, you're more likely to keep going. So you said using me as the example that, Hey, any progress 
is progress. That's a, that's a good thing. So if somebody's feeling overwhelmed when it comes to managing everything in the crazy life of being a speaker, right? We've got a, we've, some people don't have assistance. Some people have assistance, but for the most part, there's so many moving parts between, you know, marketing the business, getting the business, sending the contract, sending the invoices, preparing the thing, then getting in there and doing the keynote or the training or, or whatever the thing is, whether it's in person or virtual, then making sure that you're sending the follow-ups. If people are feeling overwhelmed, what should people do right now? You're going to hate this answer, but I have to say it depends. <laughs> if you think, I mean, that's the answer that every good consultant gives to every question, right? It depends. If your biggest problem is that you feel distracted and frazzled and flustered all the time and like you can't remember things and and um, that you feel uh, high stress throughout the day because you're always switching from task to task, then I would say getting a handle on your attention management by controlling your technology and controlling your um, environment is the first step. If, however, your biggest problem is I have 8 million things to do and I have no idea where to start, then I would say I call that action management. And I would say two steps to getting started. One is to collect all your puzzle pieces on the dining room table. Right. That's the first thing. Get all your sticky notes, get all your notebooks, get all your stuff out of your head. Make one master list. And then put it in some sort of app. You're right. My favorite is, is Todoist, but it doesn't matter. It could be Basecamp. It could be Asana. It could be Microsoft To Do. It could be Outlook. I'm not a huge fan of Apple Reminders. I'm not a huge fan of Google Keep. But, you know, they're better than nothing. So some sort of, of task tool that was made to manage tasks, right? Like a word document isn't so helpful because it doesn't have all the task managers that features that you need An Excel document, same thing. You could make it like do some things, but why would you reinvent the wheel? Get a tool that was made for that. Get everything in one place because that's the only way to get started. So those are a couple of tips, depending on your biggest challenge. No, that I, I mean, I'm sitting here just looking around my office as I'm doing the interview thinking, you know, yep, I'm distracted. That That is for sure. And I know because I talk to a lot of speakers about what are the biggest challenges and a lot of people just are overwhelmed with all the things that are on the plate. And in 2021 and as we go into 2022, after what we've been through in our industry with the pandemic and all the changes that have been you know, thrust upon us that work in the meetings industry, do you think because of covid do you think it's harder for speakers now or easier for speakers now to manage their attention? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And I think, you know, Tom, I think one of the things that a lot of people forget, myself included, is that the pandemic was really different for for a lot of people. Right. I mean, there were probably some buckets. Right. For some people, it was really hard. For some people, it was kind of awesome. <laughs> and there's like everything in between. So. I think it just really depends. A lot of a lot of people use the time, kind of the downtime to really get organized and do all the, you know, revamp their website and do a bunch of stuff that they wanted to do. And some people were just worried about, you know, paying the bills and super stressed out. So it just depends on your situation. So, Maura, your book by the title of Attention Management, I think, is a great read for speakers. Now, you've written a whole series of books, but what is it in the book Attention Management that speakers would find useful? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things about attention management is that most people don't realize that they have a habit of distraction. 
and that they feed that habit of distraction every few minutes all day long because we allow the text message and the email and the chat and the, you know, and the phone calls. And one of those things comes in all the time. And then if you add like somebody liked your LinkedIn post and, you know, uh, somebody wants to connect with you on clubhouse and all that kind of stuff. I mean, something like that is coming in every minute of every day. And if we allow that ping, ding, you know, pop up, if we allow that, then we are just, feeding that habit of distraction. And the more distracted we are, the more distracted we will be. And so you're just chipping away at your attention span and you're chipping away at your patience. And that means that you are really undermining your performance. So I think the biggest thing about the book is that awareness because you can't change a habit that you don't know you have. All right. Final thought when it comes to attention management and anyone who speaks in the speaking and training business, what, what do you wish everybody knew? I wish everybody knew that we, you have a choice. You can live a life of reaction and distraction, or you can lead a life of intention and choice. And it's up to you. Well, I no longer want to live a world of reaction and distraction. So I'm really glad that we had you here on Speakernomics. Thank you so much for joining us and being a guest. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of Speakernomics, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to everybody who tuned in and listened. I hope that you'll join us every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money and be more productive as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak. Get paid. Repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.